You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. What is going on, you guys? It's Debbie here, and this is Thanksgiving week. So I hope that you have some fun friend or family events planned, and you can be super present and just enjoy the time with them. So I am incredibly grateful that I get to do exactly what I love to do, what totally fills my heart, and at the same time, I get to honor my mom and who she was in the world and who she was to me. Man, you guys, that, it just makes me so fulfilled and it makes me a little bit teary. But that's me, I'm super sentimental and cry at commercials. So there you have it. Anyway, I do hope that you know how grateful I am for you, that you show up, that you listen, that you're active in the Facebook group and that you interact with me and each other. And it's just awesome. This community we're building is freaking awesome. Thank you for being a part of it. All right, let's do a listener shout out real quick. This is from Sissy V11. Sissy says, awesome information for anyone interested in flipping houses. Great strategies, interesting guests, real information that you can put to use today. Boom. She summarized it, right? She nailed it. Thank you, Sissy V11. I appreciate your feedback. Thank you for taking the time to let me know that what I'm doing matters. It means the world to me. If you haven't already, would you please do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for this podcast? It helps me reach more like-minded people and it lets me know that this show is actually interesting and providing value. And that's what I aim to do. I'm not trying to add more fluff to the world. There's plenty of that. Thank you for taking the time to do that. I really appreciate it. So let's talk about something that has been coming up a lot recently in the Facebook group, as well as it just comes up often. It's a common topic. And that is partnering with people, questioning whether you should partner with somebody else on your fix and flip deals, questioning who that should be, how it should look, what the partnership should look like, how to do it, really. So we're going to dive into all of that today on this episode. Let's start with why you would even want to partner with somebody. And maybe you don't, and that's okay. You don't necessarily have to partner with somebody to be successful. I've personally flipped houses solo since 2008, so you don't have to have a partner. However, what I found is that there are instances where partnering with somebody can be incredibly beneficial. What I've discovered over the years is really there are three things that you need in order to be successful in this business. One is knowledge, two is time, 
And three is access to capital or money. So if you are lacking one of those things, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be successful. So what you do is you partner with somebody who has that thing that you're lacking. For example, the women that join my program, I am basically their knowledge partner, right? They join my program. I provide the knowledge and the support. Some of them don't have access to a bunch of capital. Some of them don't have access to a bunch of time. And you've got to have capital and time. So what I've seen is specifically referring to one partnership that came together recently and they actually just closed on their first flip purchase and they're demoing and doing all that fun stuff this week. They are exactly this combination. One had the time and the other one had access to capital and they're in my coaching program. And I honestly thought that they would be a really great partnership, not just because of the skills they had and the things that they lacked, but also because of their personalities. I had gotten to know their personalities and I thought, you know what? I think they'll mesh and they have, and they put some things in place to protect that partnership and do this the right way. And we are going to talk about that for sure. Because the best way to mitigate any potential conflicts is by establishing a clear agreement up front, way before you even start doing business together. And it all has got to be in writing. Everything has to be in writing. I don't care who you end up partnering with. I don't care if it's somebody you've just met or if it's your mother or your very best friend of 47 years. I don't care. You have to have everything in writing, period. That is non-negotiable, okay? Do you feel how important that is? You hear it in my voice? Okay, well, it's important. All right, I wanna talk about some of the pros and cons of partnering with somebody to do these fix and flip deals. So for one, like I mentioned, the right partner can bring those extra resources or those things that you don't have to the table. And that can be capital or time, or even maybe they're super connected to the community. Connections can be beneficial as well, right? Additionally, having a partner to do this with can provide another perspective. When you're analyzing deals, when you're looking at the ARV of a property, when you're looking at the estimates, when you're trying to determine what to do to a project, all of those things. There are so many teenancy and humongous decisions that are made during a project that it's just nice to have somebody else to bounce things off of. Your weaknesses should be counterbalanced by the other person's strengths. Don't partner with somebody who has the same weaknesses and the same strengths. That defeats the entire purpose of partnering. Ideally, you will partner with somebody who makes up for what you lack and you do the same for them. Now let's talk about some of the cons of partnering with somebody. 
the partners may have very different management styles, different leadership styles, different communication styles, different organizational styles. All of those things are really important when you're managing a project with so many moving parts and pieces. Partnerships can place a lot of unnecessary stress on friendships or relationships with family members. And in some cases, if one partner is bringing more to the table or they feel like they're bringing more to the table, that can create a disparity in equity or skills. And that will cause some strain on the partnership. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to talk about ways to mitigate these potential areas of conflict. All right. Ultimately, you need to weigh the pros and cons before you decide to commit to partnering with somebody to take on this endeavor. Maybe you want to go it alone the first time and then maybe partner later. Maybe you want to partner the first time and not later. It is entirely up to you. And again, you might need cash. And if you don't have it, finding somebody with it who wants to partner with you is obviously a great way to find it. So how do you structure a partnership for fix and flip purposes? Number one, you've got to determine if a partnership is even right for you. Like I've mentioned several times throughout this episode. Secondly, you want to review your strengths and weaknesses and do this honestly, y'all. If you're like my nine-year-old son, you are the best at everything there ever was and everything there ever will be. Be honest. What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? The third thing, you want to find someone who complements your abilities. So where you are weak, they are strong and vice versa. Number four, you want to evaluate the potential of that partnership. Number five, establish very clearly defined roles and expectations. Number six, you'll create the terms of the agreement. Seven, you want to keep the process simple, okay? There are lots of ways to overcomplicate things. Keep it simple. Number eight, you want to protect yourself from potential challenges. And a solid agreement will do just that. And then number nine, review your business goals together. See if you guys are on the same page. Because if you're not, I highly doubt that it's going to be a beneficial partnership, even for just one flip. You want to make sure you mesh. You guys, this should be fun. If you're forcing a partnership because you lack time or you lack capital, if you're forcing a partnership, I promise you it will struggle and I promise you, you won't enjoy the process. And remember, the whole point of your first flip is to do it in a way that makes you want to do it again. So forcing a partnership is not the answer. That's not the way to do it. Just because your cousin or your sister or your very best friend in the entire world wants to flip houses with you doesn't mean that you would make the best partnership. So do your due diligence and be honest. Okay, so once you have identified the best partner for you, at least for this next flip, 
right? It doesn't mean you're married to the person forever. Well, maybe you are married to the person. Maybe that is your best partner. But for the sake of this episode, let's go with it's not your spouse or significant other. Okay, so once you've identified the person, now it's time to put together that written legal agreement that outlines everyone's roles and expectations, okay? Keeping everything well-documented is so important so that you can have a paper trail and both partners feel safe and secure. So what should this document include? For starters, it needs to clearly state each partner's roles and responsibilities, meaning how much time is each person dedicating? How much sweat equity is each person dedicating? What are the consequences if a partner doesn't pull their weight? Who has the final say on choosing a property or a project plan or a budget or hiring the contractors or managing the contractors or making payments? The next category is professional services. So if one of the partners is going to double as the contractor, how will that person be paid for their contracting services? Or if one of the partners is doing some of the actual physical work, how are they going to be paid for that? What does that look like? How does that turn into equity? So I'm going to give you an example. Okay, so let's say there's a partnership, right? And there's $30,000 of net profit that will be split. Let's say partner A put in $10,000 worth of cash. And let's say partner B put in $10,000 worth of sweat equity. How did we come up with that figure? Well, for this example, I chose $50 an hour as a reasonable pay rate. So if partner B worked eight hours a day on 25 days at $50 an hour, then partner B put in $10,000 worth of sweat equity. So each partner has an equal amount of equity in the deal. You see how that works? Meaning when they split that 30K they will split it 50-50 because they both have the same amount of equity, that $10,000 in the project. That's how, when somebody is using sweat equity, that's how you value it. What that pay rate is, is entirely up to you and your partner. You've got to come to an agreement on that, obviously. I would use $50 an hour. You may use something entirely different. It's up to you. But that's how it works. Okay. So that leads us into the next category or item that would be on your document. And that is repayment plans. So if one person is putting in cash equity and another person is putting in sweat equity, how are those going to be repaid? Obviously, that's going to be at closing, but that needs to be clearly stated. Additionally, how are you splitting the profits? Is it 
Or are you already going into the deal knowing that you're putting in more sweat equity than the partner who's putting up money? Or you're putting up more money than the partner who's putting in sweat equity? Regardless, be very clear up front how the profit will be split. Another really important thing that you need to talk about in your agreement is the partnership termination. How will the partnership end? Usually it ends when the project is sold. So it's a project by project partnership. That's what I commonly see. Another thing that you need to talk about is what happens when one of the partners wants out of the partnership. How do they get bought out? All of this needs to be very clearly outlined. And after you sign off on this written agreement, you want an attorney to review it just to make sure that everything is actually legally binding and fully executed. Because, you know, a piece of paper that has all these things on it, but isn't actually legally binding or fully executed is a waste. Might as well not have anything in place anyway. So each partner should understand that the purpose of the document is for everyone to have a formal infrastructure for that specific project, but not to encourage legal action in the future, right? We're just trying to protect ourselves as much as possible. When partnering with anyone, be realistic with expectations. Don't exaggerate numbers to get people to do a deal with you. Make people feel comfortable investing in a project with you by showing your confidence in the deal or your confidence in the process. The first flip is all about doing it in a way that makes you want to do it again. There's a lot of flexibility when it comes to determining the profit split and determining how the partnership looks. And I know that that's frustrating to some people. For me, I like it because we can be creative and we can create a partnership that works for both parties. Some common ways that I've seen profit sharing happen is, in addition to the one I mentioned earlier, obviously, is let's say that the person is, really they just need funds. They're working with a coach who will walk them through the entire process and support them. And they got the time to invest. They just need some money. So what's common in that instance is for the private money investor, right? That person who's putting up the private money, they are just putting up money. They are, they are basically a silent partner. And the other person is managing everything. They're managing the entire project. They're managing the people. They're managing the processes. They're managing the problems. They're doing it all. If they're beginners, I typically see a 50-50 profit split. As you gain more credibility and confidence, I would encourage you to change that to be more of a private money loan than a 50-50 partnership because you're bringing a lot more to the table and you can give people really great returns on their investment in a very short period of time, even if it's just operating as a loan. I mean, they can make 10, 15% return. You can't, they can't do that anywhere else in such a short period of time. And when you do it that way, 
there are some additional things to take into consideration, namely protecting them and their investment in the property. So formally giving them a second lien or a first lien if they are providing all of the money, the purchase and the renovation money. If they're just providing the renovation money and you're getting a hard money loan for the purchase, then they would take a second lien. But always, always, always protect your investors. Number one, protect your investors. Do this with integrity, build those relationships and make a great name for yourself and people will come to you to invest in your deals. So some of you have been stuck because you feel like you've needed more information about partnerships and how they work. They are fluid. They, they change. And that's beautiful because you can create exactly what you want and make it beneficial for all parties involved. So now that you've got this information, go out and use it. I mean, if it's applicable, if you need a partner or want a partner or are navigating that whole thing with a partner, use this information. Above all, communicate, 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 and be transparent with each other. Over communicating and being transparent will take you so far, especially in a partnership kind of setting with someone. Okay, you guys, that's it for today's episode. I hope that you have an amazing Thanksgiving week with your family and friends and that you give back if you can in whatever way possible. And go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people and places better than you find them, and make it a great day. Bye, y'all.